Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Fireside Podcast, where our mission is to better engage culture, to equip the church, and to glorify God. I'm Houston. I'm Jeremiah. And I'm Clayton. All right, and we're here to talk about biblical worldviews today. What's a biblical worldview? Well, <laughs> a biblical worldview. I don't know. Yeah, so I, I think just starting off, we this is a this is a tough conversation to have, but so many people seem to have such an easy time having this conversation. It seems like anytime you listen to any kind of a pastor or excellent writer, they're always saying or they're always uh, summarizing a biblical worldview in just very brilliant and succinct ways. So we assure you today that we will not be doing either of those things. Mm. Um, we're going to, <laughs> I don't know, do our best to put into terms what we think a good biblical worldview is, both from our experience and like what we see interacting with people in the church today, and uh, really our journey in, in crafting our own biblical worldview. Yeah, so initially we... We were thinking through this, you know, this question, what is a biblical worldview? And, and we wrote down, uh, you know, where we let scripture be the authority in our lives, um, which we changed that a little bit and even said, well, you know, we let God be the authority of our lives. Uh, and scripture is where God is speaking through uh, through to us. So therefore. Basically, the, the one quick thing we want to touch on there is that we do believe that scripture is the word of God. And that it's one of the avenues that God speaks to us through, right? Yeah. Yeah, so Michael DeFazio at Ozark Christian College defines the Bible as a living act of communication from God to his people, through his people. And I think that's exactly what a biblical worldview is, is the definition of, of the Bible. Yeah, so Clayton... When we were writing down our notes for this episode, I wrote down that a biblical worldview is where we let Scripture be the authority of our lives. And I said, we all agree with that, right? And you were a little hesitant. And I think that we've kind of addressed why we would be hesitant. But why don't you give us your thoughts on this? I think I would have started this with what is a worldview first. And a worldview... <clears throat> from what I've learned is it's conscious and unconscious uh, assumptions that we make upon reality and uh, <clears throat> a biblical worldview is, is just one of the many worldviews out there that you know any person could have and as we're and as a person matures that worldview shifts and change and ebbs and flows with all these other types of worldviews out there that we don't necessarily have just simply a biblical worldview. And, and so part of that is, is, well, we're going to think we're going to speak on this, but part of being, having a biblical worldview, I think is recognizing, you know, where are we making assumptions that isn't in line with God and where, where are we f falling short of who he is trying to call us to be? Yeah, so I just tagging on what you're saying here, one thing we've always been told is that a biblical worldview is good, but we have to have the right framework to interpret the Bible to know that we're having the correct biblical worldview, right? So you're saying that all these assumptions can affect the way that we interpret Scripture, 
And so then if we just crack up the Bible and, and read through it and we craft our initial reading into our worldview, we could be in danger of having distinctly non-biblical worldview because of all of our influences that we carry with us into in the scripture reading. Not exactly. Yeah. So um, that's, you know, we joked about Clayton being hesitant of talking about a biblical worldview, but there are a lot of traditions like the Catholic tradition specifically, which emphasizes that tradition is important and the church is important in helping us to understand scripture so we can have an accurate scriptural worldview. Sometimes those things get warped and we make it to where tradition is more valuable than scripture. And, you know, that's not what we're proposing here today. But we do want to emphasize that, like DeFazio was saying, is that scripture and the church go hand in hand. And so scripture was never meant to be read in a vacuum and it was never meant to be read in solitude. Like we're, we're designed to read scripture in community and process it as a community. And so that's the important part of this. I mean, right there, that right there, there, there's an assumption behind that statement where other people would say, no, I don't need community to define anything. Like right, that right there has an assumption behind it that a biblical worldview upholds, but others do not like. Yeah. And that's the, like a big product of our Western culture is that everything is individualistic and anything that has truth has truth in solitude, which is very much a product of the postmodern philosophy that permeates our culture. That what's true for you is not true for me, and what's true for me might not be true for you, and you know, no one else has any kind of authority over what is truth in my life, right? Yeah, postmodernism. <laughs> <laughs> so what you were saying, Houston, earlier about uh, community and um, how how a reading scripture in community is is a thing that that we believe that you know God gave a scripture for. Well, that's that in itself is actually something that's rooted in tradition more so. I mean, like what we were talking about with the Catholic Church, that you know, communal reading of Scripture is is even if we if we have if we do that in our um, our Protestant churches today, you know, uh, they think that that's a Catholic practice. Well, no, that's just how the Church has done it for so long. And I think if if we just hold on to that um, and we continue to do those things. We'll approach this biblical worldview that we're hoping for, right? Correct. Sorry. I fell asleep in the middle of that. Sorry. I wasn't trying to steal your thunder. No, it's good. Okay. So um, we've touched on this a little bit, but let's, before we do anything else, let's talk a little bit about what a worldview is. Clayton defined it pretty well earlier, but you know, let's just hash out this idea a little more. And I think first thing that comes to my mind is, like Clayton said, it's both conscious and unconscious. And what I think is the most important part to grab a hold of is the unconscious part, which is tough. But the idea is, what are the underlying narratives of your story that are affecting your interpretation of scripture, your interaction with the world? Do you guys have any thoughts on that? I think like the only thoughts that I have would be personal personal thoughts of how I, you know, struggle with my own 
you know, previous worldview of, you know, a naturalistic, determinist, uh, you know, this, yeah, like a determinist worldview, and how that can, that sneaks in into how I read and how I think about who Jesus is and what he came to do and, and how I try to sometimes uh, fit that into the Bible when I shouldn't, like, straight up should not be doing that. Um, and, and, and that has to do with a lot of how I view science in general as well. Um, if I go too far into asking questions, scientific questions, these are not the questions that a biblical or a, a person of that time period would be asking. And so I have to, I have to be careful that I'm, I'm asking the same questions um, that they're asking. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's good. Um, so for those who are listening at home, do you have, so for those who are listening at home, do you want to kind of jump just briefly into what you mean by determinist uh, or deterministic worldview? Like how, how is that affecting you today? Because I, again, if we're talking about worldviews as, as being something that's partially subconscious um, or unconscious, like we're not cognitively aware of it, then it's all the more dangerous if we don't have the tools to figure out what those are. And so probably one of the best ways to do that is to talk about what have we discovered in our own lives that are unconscious worldviews and how have we addressed them. Does that make sense? So I think it would be valuable to give an example of what you're talking about so that maybe someone at home will be like, oh, wow, I think that same way. And this is bad or this is good or, you know. Yeah, so Clayton, yeah, why don't you go ahead and like what, what Houston was saying, like talk about what a determinist worldview is all about. Um, and then I can maybe jump in on like what we do with our assumptions cool, or how Ooh. we're supposed to handle our assumptions. Okay. All right. So, uh, I guess I just kind of got to get, I guess I just got to have to get, um, okay. I guess I will just have to get a little personal with, with this, this portion, but, uh, you know, I was a atheist growing up. There was never really a question in my mind that there was a God that just, there was not a God in my mind, like a worldview, an assumption that I made even before I became a Christian was, well, they're just, what is this? This is the, there's nothing, nothing out there. There is just simply nature or the universe. And, you know, that, that sort of worldview can go down a path that leads to what's called determinism where because there's only the natural world this and not a spiritual world that nothing everything that happens in this world is 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 like a clockwork like there's nothing that you do that wasn't already predetermined and because it's like dominoes being set in motion right yeah dominoes being set in motion like things are just falling and in, into place because you know this this asteroid you know hit this other asteroid which caused you know whole universe to be uh or whole you know whole galaxy to be made and, and just every single decision um is already predetermined and that that can um, be very dangerous, dangerous 
when a person actually starts to reject that um, whole notion and start, as I did, move towards Jesus and move towards a more biblical worldview. And, but, but they still bring some of these certain thoughts or, um, yeah, just these certain thoughts are just kind of tag-alongs accidentally, you know, unconsciously, where in regards to maybe sin, how, well, I'm, I'm just predetermined to sin, and I can't help that. So that right there is is a type of thought that is needs to be addressed. Like, are you actually unable to stop sinning, or do you now have the power through the Spirit to put death the things of of the flesh? That's so good. I remember one time someone told me that they were reading a book um, about a study. And this study addressed the idea of everyone having a breaking point or something to that effect. And the idea was that even the most ethical and even the most spiritual, everyone had some point where they would still make the wrong decision and still crack and, and sin, basically is what it was saying. And so the whole idea the way this person processed this study was that we are all going to face our one thing that we cannot make the right decision on. Like what you're saying that it, it is deterministic in that if we make the right decision in nine tenths of all of our choices, choices. Thank you. Then that 10th choice, we had no hope but to make the wrong decision because it was our one weakness that we could never make the right decision in. Does that make sense? So you might as well make the wrong one because there's no hope of making the right one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's and it's like I can rationally come to the table and say, yes, there will be that tenth time when I don't make the right decision. That I mean, that's rational. That's realistic. But it's not because I can't make the right decision. It's because in that tenth time I choose not to because I still do have sinful tendencies that I'm processing through and working through. Like I, I still have to deal with this 10th time, but this 10th time doesn't control me or define me. It's a bad decision in the moment. Is that fair? Mm. So yeah, Christ I, actually covers every single instance that you've described. Yes. You know what you're talking about with the deterministic, I couldn't help but to sin or I couldn't help but to fail. That's, that's a poor view of Christ in the spirit because it's like saying that he was not sufficient. Exactly. Yeah. It's actually, and it's saying that he's, he's not human as well. Like right. Because if everyone has their breaking point and everyone will break at their breaking point, regardless, then when Christ didn't break at his breaking point, he's not human. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. He's something more. Yeah. yeah. Well, <clears throat> well, of that, course that's obvious, but yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Leading into something. Yeah. Right. Let's yeah. Pull right. back a little bit, but, so that was good. Yeah, that's that was cool. really good. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for, for sharing. It's, it's always good to hear how people process and come to Christ. Uh, our story, yeah, that's what we're all about, right? <laughs> yeah. I find that in my own life, that whenever I see someone first come to Christ and, and be saved, I think, okay, they're a blank slate, like a fresh start, so we can start to be perfect now. And that's not really the right mindset. I shouldn't expect someone 
at their infancy to act like an adult. And especially someone who has come out of a completely different life. Like we say, put to death the things of the old life, but that's a process, not a instant moment, right? And I think that's where a lot of really sorrow, a lot of pain and hurt feelings happen within the church is that when new believers um, come about, people expect them to automatically be on their level. And that's that's not what it's all about. I mean, there's a thing called sanctification for a reason. We are gradually growing in the ways of Christ together. We are gradually developing this big biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not going to happen overnight. We just need to recognize that and, and give people some grace. So, Jeremiah, do you want to touch on, we're talking about this baggage, basically, right, that we right. bring into our, our Christian walk. We're talking about old worldviews that are affecting our new biblical worldview. Jeremiah, do you want to talk a little bit about, um, you said assumptions, right? Yeah, so these assumptions, uh, they're, they're acquired over time. So, you know, the, the worldviews that we develop over, over time, you know, we grow up in, in, in the cultures that we're a part of. Um, you know, they can be the, the overarching culture or just even, you know, the, the cultures within uh, our households. Um, even our internal culture, <laughs> you know, there's, there's a, there's a lot that's, that's at stake here. There's a lot of things that go into play when, when we, uh, compile all these things that we assume. Um, and when those assumptions are challenged, there's, there's a few things that we need to do, um, in order to, to determine what truth is. Um, so the first thing that we need to do is, is recognize the assumptions that we've come up with over the years, um, after we recognize these assumptions, we need to evaluate them. So we need to, to, to determine if they are constructive or deconstructive. Um, once we figure out this, we must submit whatever, whatever we come up with to God and allow him to be the one that, uh, to, that renews our mind. You know, like what Romans 12 says, we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And so that's exactly what's, what's happening when we develop a biblical worldview is he's continually transforming our minds into his likeness, into into his um, developing his characteristics. Um, and then you know we'll continually repeat that process because <laughs> we should never be content with anything that we we learn. We always need to make sure that uh, we're not content with the black and white because there's obviously a third dimension to most anything. I mean, look at the Trinity, right? Yeah, so Jeremiah, I really like what you said there at the end about us repeating this process over and over. The idea, I think, that really sticks out to me is that we've all messed up and we're all fallen, right? And we're all products to some degree of a fallen world. And so we have to constantly be addressing our assumptions over and over and over to make sure that they hold up, that they have value and that they're biblical. And that's never a finished process like you were saying let's just kind of process this process <laughs> that you uh, are, are bringing to us jeremiah yeah, so what are we assuming right what are we assuming this could be fun so the first part of the step was to recognize your assumptions <clears throat> what you're bringing to the table and this step can be i i believe really painful mm-hmm and you have to be brutally honest with yourself. And we talked about community a little bit. I think this is 
this is one of the reasons we need community so much. Amen. Yeah. Is that in other people, we they get to help us recognize what we're assuming. And without somebody else, without our brother, this we might just never recognize it. We might never recognize our assumptions. But thanks be to God that we have our brother. And, and, and boy, man, that might hurt putting, laying down your flesh, like laying down whatever you were holding on to. Evaluating is this truth. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that you said that because that was exactly what I had in mind when we were talking about recognizing our assumptions was that when does that happen? In community and in conversation in our community. Um, we were talking earlier about friend of ours, Travis Montgomery. Shout out to Travis if you're listening. Hey, Travis. Talking about how uh, he and I sit down for lunch sometimes and we process through different things in scripture and we both start from a scriptural worldview. Specifically, we talk about or we believe in the authority of scripture. And then we process through scripture and we and we just step along the path and we're just in step with each other until at the very end where we land on our conclusion about this topic and we end up in different places. And I think that's a good example of how we have different assumptions that are affecting how we, at the end of the day, interpret this passage or this concept. And even though we were walking step and step through this process and we land in different places, that's probably a good indicator of a different assumption or a different underlying factor that is affecting our, our interpretation of this. So this is our way of addressing these worldviews is, like Clayton was saying, in community and in conversation. Because probably the unfortunate truth is that humans are not good at introspection. We're woefully bad at accurate introspection, which praise God that we've got community in the spirit to help us with that. Because without the two, we would just... We never get anywhere, really. Bonhoeffer has this wonderful quote about, you know, uh, a community, and that, you know, within community, we we find the brother, and the spirit that is in the brother is stronger than the spirit that's inside me. Mm. And and I'm butchering it, I know, but but that that this idea that <clears throat> I'm weak, but my brother is strong. Mm-hmm. And he's able, he's able to actually help me overcome my, my weaknesses. And what a cool opportunity for us to be that stronger brother. Because in every situation, we're going to be the weaker brother or the and the stronger brother, right? Like, we always have opportunities to be both, um, which is just one of the beautiful things of the church is that we always have an opportunity to be helped grow and to help grow. Yeah, I wanted to touch back on what you were saying uh, about the pain uh, that that comes about when you lay your assumptions out on the table before your community. Uh, I mean, just just doing that in itself is is attack on your identity. I think that's why we're so weary to to lay out our assumptions like that. Um, that's why I think some people almost fear the idea of community. Of, because uh, I mean, it's it's a bon- it's a very vulnerable place, um, but that's exactly where God wants us to be is in a vulnerable state. Because that's the only way our barriers break down. That's the only way that we allow the Spirit to come in and intervene. 
is if we are vulnerable. That's so good. Mm. I think that's a perfect segue into the evaluation aspect of, of this process is that for us to even evaluate whether or not it's a good or a bad assumption, we have to be honest and humble in that there is a possibility it's a bad assumption, right? Because if we come into it and we say, you know, oh, is this good or bad? But truly in our hearts, we think it's, it's good and we're not willing to budge on that then we're not we're not engaging in this process and we're not engaging in the the process of creating a, a biblical worldview and so the, i think the pain you know comes from vulnerability and i think the pain also comes in admitting that we might be wrong um I, no one wants to believe that they're wrong as much as someone says that they do that's a lie i believe i believe that firmly that no one wants to be wrong and so when we have to come to grips with this potential that we are dead wrong in something that we believe and something that has been crucial to our identity. Like you were saying, yep. this is, this is an attack on our identity in some degree. Um, and so I, I think this is, again, what, what's always seems most painful to me is the potential that I'm, I'm not right about something. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're talking about evaluating. How do we evaluate? We talked about why it's painful, but what is the process for evaluation? Okay. So let's break that word down. It, evaluate so what is the values that are that are trying to be brought forth that in itself is you know where do we get our values Hmm. and and, and are we upholding those values and that right there itself is still community we're still talking about Mm -hmm. okay we're not like if if the listeners are like okay enough with the community no no. Yeah. <laughs> Never enough. Never, Never enough. enough. It's, called, it's called fireside community, right? Yeah. It's talking about sitting around a fire. Why? Because we're in community. Um, <clears throat> um, so our values are reflected in our group. And our group helps us define those values. And they also are the ones that get to help us say yes or no if we're not upholding them all right accountability mm-hmm. yeah. so then say someone were to come to you and say clayton how i i've i've discovered that this is an assumption of mine i have come to recognize that i have this assumption how do i now determine whether or not this assumption has value like you said you know we're going to bring it to the community we're going to talk about it in community and this is all good but like a little abstract still like like what is a, a specific thing that someone could do to like litmus test this assumption to see whether or not it has value do you have any recommendations or either of you i mean it doesn't have to be well i think it kind of goes back to what i was talking about originally which is if it's constructive or deconstructive mm-hmm. um to the topic at hand uh, I mean, it, it, the topic at hand is a biblical worldview, I guess. Is that what we're trying to get at right now? <laughs> uh, yeah, so so say my assumption is um, materialism, mm-hmm. uh, which Clayton touched on earlier, that the world is entirely material and there's no spiritual aspect to anything. There's no supernatural, there's no nothing. Um, how would I approach the idea of a biblical worldview 
and determine whether or not this is constructive or deconstructive. Constructive or destructive. Something that comes to my mind is, in reading the story of Scripture, does your worldview help you engage in the story, or does it disengage you from the story? So, a materialistic worldview, which says that there is nothing beyond the, the physical in front of us. I have a hard time engaging with the story of Christ, who was a miraculous person in and of himself, and then not to mention his death and resurrection. I have a hard time engaging in that, right? This worldview is destructive to the story of Christ. So that's a big red flag to me. That it, it keeps us from engaging in the story of Scripture. Right, because we don't want to die to ourselves. So how can we then interact with a, with a Savior that died, that we're supposed to, you know, die with and, you know, raise with mm -hmm. in a resurrection like His? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, something that comes out of this materialistic worldview is this, we start denying important key aspects of our faith like the resurrection. Resurrection can't happen in a materialistic worldview. So it doesn't. So then, you know, we have to read down the road where Paul says something like, well, if, Paul, if Jesus didn't raise from the dead in the physical flesh, then, you know, go ahead and eat, drink, and be merry for everything is worthless. Isn't Tomorrow we die, right? This, this question of yours about how do we make this a little more practical is really hard for me to, to speak on right now because there's so many different instances that this takes place in. And so I don't know if we can necessarily pinpoint um, or hammer down a end-all, be-all. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm, I'm just a little bit struggling with that, mm -hmm. um, trying to come up with something. But Which I, I'm, not try I'm not trying to say that we're going to give it listeners like all the tools to yeah. you know, tackle assumptions, but um, I, I think it's going to be very valuable to show examples of interacting with worldviews. Yeah. And then we can then go on to apply these ideas and principles sure. to tackling our own. Okay, so yeah, so we'll, okay, we'll, we'll try to stick with the materialism, what you're saying. I think that's like an ex, an extreme example of, of something that doesn't fit with the, with a biblical worldview, because the worldview is a spiritual worldview. And, you know, but that's, but the principle is that this worldview is not reflecting the the truth of what this value system um, is trying to hold up to. Mm -hmm. There's a disconnect between these two things, and so you right. You can't you actually to, submit. You like to, you can't follow the next step because you can't submit anything to God. Right, mm -hmm. you, and that's the next part. Is this the submission? You know what? What are we submitting ourselves to? Um. Something that Shane Shane Wood said in class one day was kind of stuck with me all semester is when when we're saying yes to things, there's other things we have to say no to, or vice versa. When we say no to things, it means we're saying yes to something. Mm -hmm. And again, like these assumptions that we're we're saying yes to. Means we're saying no to other things mm -hmm. that we're maybe not understanding to yeah. the full extent. When we have honestly addressed, uh, recognized an assumption, and we've evaluated now whether it is a 
valuable, constructive, or invaluable, deconstructive, or destructive. Um, yeah, I, saying, I kept saying deconstructive I, yeah, too, I so <laughs> destructive uh, is what we were meaning so, to yeah. say. So we evaluate whether it's constructive or destructive. Um, like what you're saying, Jeremiah, is that now we have to submit it to God, we said earlier, but on a smaller scale to this idealistic biblical worldview right so we have to we've come to grips that it's an assumption of ours we have recognized it as an underlying assumption that is affecting the way that we interpret scripture or engage with community or so on and we've now evaluated it to be destructive we must now submit it to god so what what does that look like and for what it's worth this is always the most challenging part of this step for me so when we're recognizing our assumptions, evaluating if they're good or bad, we have to submit that finding to our community. And we have to submit the result and what that looks like is obedience to the value system of that group. And so for me, that, that community is the larger church. This is where Catholics, Eastern Orthodox, say, this is what we've held as a church. This is what the church upholds. You have to submit to certain things. And obedience is, is key in, in allowing yourself to be transformed into something different something that you're not yet but hope to be so i i guess probably something we could say the first step in this submission process is is going to be to interact with the two things that speak truth in our lives the first being god and the second being our christian community and so maybe some ways that this can play out is that we spend time in prayer over the subject. I think anytime I listen to somebody who is is so much further along in the walk than I am, one thing they always start off with is talking about prayer and something that we never do enough, probably. Something I never do enough, probably. Um, and then the second thing we would want to do is, like Clayton was saying, we, we talk with our community and say, hey, look, I've... I've evaluated this to be destructive, and now I want to submit it to these truths that we hold. So that means accountability, right? It means going back to what we were saying earlier, reading Scripture together, processing Scripture together, processing through things going on in our lives. Um, I think, uh, I think in this this time of processing in community is when we can have a really good shot at over time shifting these bad assumptions and these bad worldviews into good ones. Um, which I, I guess where we're landing on all this is that it's, it's a process and it's a continual process. Yeah. Right. That's the last step of this whole thing is to repeat, keep going. Um, so maybe that's, that's what we say at the end of this, you know, this, this process is a journey. It's a path. Um, to say that we've got a biblical worldview, it's probably not fair. 
Um, we hope to have a biblical worldview, and we hope to constantly be taking our assumptions and submitting them to this biblical worldview and to our community and ultimately to God. That's what we hope to be doing. But realistically, we've we've not got it. And so to think that we've arrived is going to be just as dangerous as anybody else. And so you know, we just really want to encourage you to engage in the process and to never give up on on engaging in it because that's when you've lost is when you when you stop moving through this process there's a a book that i'm a huge fan of called a million miles in a thousand years by donald miller he wrote blue like jazz and a couple of other just phenomenal books and he really turned me on to this idea of story uh, a few years ago and reading his books is what created this framework for me to understand our faith through the lens of story. And one of his big things that he said in, in the book, A Million Miles in a Thousand Years, is that God says to us, let me write a good story with your life, is to make our lives into a good story. And so that's always been something that's been really powerful for me. Um, you know, we talk a lot about we talk a lot about story here on the Fireside Podcast, and, and it's because we believe so powerfully in it, right? We believe that story is what shapes us and what gives us chance to grow with each other. So as we close up, we wanted to do some shout-outs. <laughs> I figured you are going to say so what we're talking about next Oh, week. well, yeah, in a minute. Hold on. Okay, okay. I'm jumping the gun. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yes, we definitely want to do some shout-outs. First off, thank you, Professor Michael DeFazio, for this um, outline, this process that we've been going over today. Correct. Correct. This was actually very fresh in our minds because it happened today in class. So, yeah, all right. <laughs> but it was it was applying to something else. So we we actually we applied it to something different, which yeah. is kind of cool. Yeah. But, so if you're listening, uh, obviously Jeremiah and Clayton both deserve A's for <laughs> this. <laughs> I'll take that out. Um, yeah, so thank you, thank you for the uh, for the framework for us to have this conversation. Yes. So talking about Michael DeFazio, um, he and a couple of other professors from Ozark have started a podcast, and we, gosh, we have uh, we've talked a lot about this podcast that we've all listened to by now, right? Yeah, I've listened to it. Yeah, I, man. I remember the the first thing I thought after listening to their first episode was that they're doing everything that we're doing and just way better. And so <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's that's been challenging. No, it's it's a a great, incredible thing so far. They've only got one episode out, um, but you know we would definitely recommend listening to it. It's some of our old professors and some people who've spoken a lot of truth in our lives. Some people who are still speaking, speaking truth into our lives, and to take an opportunity to hear from just some of the wisest and some of the most dedicated believers that we know is you shouldn't, you shouldn't pass up that opportunity. So we can put the link in the description, but please check out their podcast. Um, every thought captive is what it's called with Doug Welch, Michael DeFazio and Chad Ragsdale. Correct. So they are, yeah, just, just doing incredible stuff. Um, also, we want to give a shout out to A Beautiful Liturgy, uh, which is actually the 
the music that you heard on the last podcast um, at the beginning and ending, but I guess for this one as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Rich and Emily, uh, Rich Kirkpatrick, he's a, he's a blogger. He has a really awesome blog. If you're interested in reading about uh, the current state of the uh, worship culture, um, he, he would be the guy to go to. So you can Google him, find him uh, pretty quickly in that regard, but their music is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And we definitely encourage you to go to Spotify and, and follow them if you would. Um, that would, that would help them out greatly. Beautiful, just yes. beautiful music. Yeah, it is. Um, I had a hard time because they they gave us permission to use their music as an intro and an outro for our podcast, and I had a really hard time with it because I was like, "Oh, this stuff's too good for us to to, <laughs> to tag on to the beginning and end of our our stuff." Um, just very beautiful, very. It's a beautiful liturgy. It is. Yeah. Indeed. Um, the last separate group that we want to sh- throw a shout out to is the guys from Third Floor Theology, Correct. which is another group that I don't really know. My my boy Jared Scrother heading that one up over there at Ozark Christian College. He's a, he's a freshman. He's been helping me out with the, the church plant that I'm a part of out in Bentonville, Arkansas, called Adventure Church. Um, he's He's been helping me out with music and just a very committed, awesome young man of God. I'm glad that he's a, a part of my life, and uh, you should definitely make him a part of yours with mm. uh, Third Floor Theology. That was a good pitch. Yeah, hey, there we go. Yeah. Bo- Boatman third. Yes. yes. B three. The the place where all good theology comes. Right. Isn't that where you're from? Yes, there, it is. There, Houston. It is. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, great, a great podcast to listen to. Short. Um, I think they're they have two episodes out. The first one was about fifteen or so minutes. The second one was about thirty. Mm-hmm. Um. So short and sweet. Good stuff to listen to. Yeah. Just a couple of guys kind of processing what they're going through in Ozark and their their ministries. It's good stuff. Indeed. Last thing we want to sh- throw a shout out to, which does not really it's not really a shout out because it's us, but we want to uh, point you to our Fireside Community YouTube page. Mm. So we've got lots of ambitious plans um, for the Fireside Community. We want to create some additional content besides just the Fireside Podcast. We've got a lot of cool ideas that we're very excited to be putting on there. Um, and because of the whole nature of, I don't want to say that anyway. And so we're really excited to start making videos even, make some things that maybe the Fireside podcast doesn't touch on. Uh, just make some cool stuff. And we're really excited about the, the opportunities that the Fireside community YouTube channel is going to give us. Um, so be checking in on that. Uh, expect additional content again besides just the podcast some videos some maybe some devotionals so on and so forth we are i said so on and so forth you did it's okay um so branching on the fireside did you have something you want to say oh yeah and again you know the goal of this fireside community is how we can get in touch with you to better serve you yeah and what you're actually struggling with or asking questions about exactly and like we were saying earlier, we're not going to pretend that we have it all figured out. We've got a perfect biblical worldview, anything like that. But, you know, we've got unique experiences just like anybody else. And, again, this idea of community and specifically the fireside community is that we're all going to metaphorically and eventually, literally, sit around the fire and process things as a community. We want to encourage each other, equip each other, and engage culture better, all to the glory of God. Right? Like our mission says, 
Um, and so we've, to that effect, created a Facebook page and a Twitter page, a Twitter, a Twitter account. Yeah. A Twitter. We've created a Twitter. A Twitter. Yeah. Um, so watch for our YouTubes and our Twitters and our Facebooks. <laughs> um, no, it, like Clinton was saying, we just we want to better engage um, community, our community, and offer valuable resources. And so please, if you have ideas about things that you want to hear about or, or thoughts or comments, we, we want to hear them for sure. Tweet us at FiresideCast on Twitter, and we are Fireside Community on Facebook. And again, Fireside Community on YouTube, and we'll have links in the description. Wait, before you do that, before you do that, I've got one more thing. <laughs> um, so something that the Every Thought Captive podcast did that I thought was really cool that I would love to steal at least for this moment, because I think it ties very well with what we're talking about, is what's something that you're processing or reading about right now that you think might be valuable for someone else to hear? Hmm. Throwing that on us. It doesn't have to be anything big. Like, just a little thing. I'll open up. I've been reading... Or I just finished actually the book Simply Christian by N.T. Wright, which is very much an introductory book, and uh, I'm just now getting to it. But it was just amazing. Um, I've got my notebook here open in front of me with my five pages of notes uh, on the book. A lot of just incredible things. If you have, it's an easy read. I read it. It's got to be easy. Um, if you've got some time that you want to check out a good resource uh, for really just understanding the core tenets of what we believe, just the very foundational aspects of Christianity, then I would definitely recommend checking out that book. Um, and for those of you who are in ministry or leadership and you're looking for books to recommend to people who are asking these foundational questions, it's a great resource, um, very evangelistic, and then also very, I mean, even for me, it was it was still very encouraging and equipping. I'm still processing KU's lost in the Elite A tournament. Yeah. And the beard that I lost because of it. So, that's a thing. A moment of silence for Jeremiah's beard. It'll be back in like a week. I don't know what you're... That's, that's true. Well, what are you complaining about? Yeah. <laughs> it was glorious, though. It was. <laughs> no, but for real, uh, I guess the, the main thing I've been processing through recently is uh, Revelation 22. I'm writing a paper. Uh, this is my last semester at Ozark Christian College, so trying to finish strong, trying to process through uh, what my thesis is going to be. And uh, I've, I've seen a a theme of obedience um, throughout this text. And so, um, uh, but also just, just our salvation as well and how uh, our obedience, in a sense, ensures our salvation. And so that's something that I'm, I'm exploring and... Uh, plan on writing about. So. How unprotestant of you. 
Clayton, what are you processing through? What are you dealing oh with? God. Doesn't have to be. Doesn't have to be heavy. Just. Just a little. Everything's pooping. heavy with Clayton. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> we love you. Yeah, that that. God's work in Christ is enough. And he loves you. Loves me. Mm. Yep. Simple and solid. Yeah, great note to end on. Great note to end on. I can go. I can say it. Yeah, do I it. can do it. Yep. So what are we talking about next week? Are we going to do worship ever? Well, yeah. What are we waiting Isn't on? that what we're doing with all of these podcasts, Clayton? I've been thinking oh about gosh. worship. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Don't you Jesus juke Jesus us. Jesus juked us, yeah. Hey. Over here. Just saying, we've attached worship, worship to be synonymous story. with music. So, worship yeah. and story. Okay. I'm not even the worship guy, and I'm fighting for this right now. What the all heck? right. Hey. Let's do it. Let's do it. Next week on the Fireside Podcast, we're going to talk about worship. Hey, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Now, this is actually a good time to do this because I've been focusing uh, our church on different aspects of worship. And well, Okay, yeah, that's what, something I was wanting to talk about, like worship in regards to song. That's uh, you want to do, okay, so you want to do musical worship. Yeah, that's what I was okay. thinking. Okay. Okay. All right, so next week on the Fireside Why can't we podcast. just do regular worship? Or why can't we just do worship in general? We can do that. Okay. So stay tuned next week to figure out what we actually land on. <laughs> worship. <laughs> uh, we're we're going to talk about worship. We're, we're going to talk about worship. Um, yeah. Thank you guys for listening. And join us next week when we talk about worship. Go in peace. Peace be with you. And also with you. <laughs>